I'm Pastor JP. Welcome. We are so glad you are checking us out online. We hope the word you're about to hear is an encouraging point in your life today. So we're praying for you. We love you. Stay tuned. I want to start a new series just for a few weeks here called Fighting FOMO. And if in case you couldn't ask a neighbor just yet, um, FOMO stands for fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. And so we, we experience this a lot all throughout our life. Every human being fights FOMO. It's the feeling, this anxiety that either we are not in the know or we're missing out on, on some piece of information or we're missing out on some type of event or we're missing out on some type of experience or we're missing out on some type of life decision. That could bring something into our lives that we would deem good, better. And so we, we can experience FOMO a lot. And with the advent of the internet and especially social media, we, we have, we have made a catalyst that has sent especially those without the, the proper biological and emotional and mental maturity, i.e. young people who are still growing, who have sent them, we have, we have sent them into a quote-unquote virtual universe, but a universe nonetheless ill-equipped to know how to deal with the pressures of FOMA. That is, that it is hard enough to deal with those realities as adults, fully functioning, healthy adults. And that psychologists have been, and counselors have been trying to help adults deal with this for for decades and decades and decades, and now we are hitting brick walls on knowing how to help teenagers and even preteens. And so today's message is called Don't Eat the Fruit. I have, I have a, a, a table here. I, I might need a, a, a Noah. Maybe you and and maybe grab somebody. Yeah, there you go. Could maybe bring my table forward. If you wouldn't mind giving me a hand. And we'll just set it right up here, one on each side. And so today's message is don't eat the fruit. We're gonna set it right right there in front of that box right there. There you go. That's good. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Give them a uh hand because they're awesome <laughs> and has a wonderful sense of humor and very humble 
He is actually. Don't eat the, don't eat the fruit. It's more than just a social media tag. The FOMO has actually haunted humans for a long time, matter of fact, since the very beginning. And so now we need to fight back. And so we read in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Now the serpent was, serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Put your hand there on your Bible or on your heart. Lord, we pray now again at the reading of your word. May it bear witness to the innermost parts of our beings. That if you cannot speak through this serpent, then speak around me, but speak, Lord. We are listening. We pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was a play on words. A mind game played with the ultimate stakes. The adversary of God saw an easy mark with humans. And there was something special about that tree and its fruit. But more importantly, there was something special about God and his relationship with this creation. He has created all manner of things, but he has set something different unto the earth with this human. 
And then there's this tree that within his properties and therein was somehow revealed the, the essence or the presence of good and evil, right or wrong, left or right, judgment. And Adam and, and Eve didn't need to really worry about judgment. They didn't need to really think about such things. They were cared for by hand, by the hand of their creator. If they need of it, they had it in the garden. Eden. It was their home. It was their abode, their habitat. And it was protected. We have names for places like that in our day and age that when a, when a particular area has, a, has become a home for a species that, that needs protection and all its needs can be met in that area, we call it a sanctuary. And so they had their sanctuary. It was his sanctuary for them. And it was a sanctuary because as God had said, and we read in Genesis 1 and 2, that everything in it was good. Everything in it was sanctified. That's what makes it a sanctuary, sanctified. If it wasn't sanctified before it was in it, it is now sanctified because it is in it. And it supplied all that they need. And it was all right there, right in front of them, this bliss. And they didn't need to add to what God had already provided. Or did they? Or did they? Snake whispers in their ears as thoughts often whisper in our own ears. What, what did God say? What did God say? Didn't he say, didn't he say, you can't eat from any tree? What a question. Because the enemy knows how to engage our thinking. We, sometimes if we're looking for a loophole, we even, sometimes the enemy takes a vacation because we're doing a good job ourselves. Just thinking of loopholes. You can't, you can't eat from any tree, can you? But that's not what God has said. That's not what God has said. And so God then, uh, and then, so then Eve begins to represent what God then had said. And so, so she goes, no, 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 that's not right. He said, we can eat from any tree, just not that one 
over there in the middle, and now that I think about it, we can't even touch it. We can't even touch it, lest we'll surely die. Now I think about it, of all these trees, now that you've asked that question about any tree, now that I think about it, we can't possess that one tree. And isn't it interesting? This is the reason why you need to know God's word and not misrepresent it. Isn't it interesting that God never said that they couldn't touch it? He just said in 2.17, you can't eat of it. Because they were to provide care for that garden. They were to man that garden. They were its caretakers. Surely die. Surely die. It's probably not the best turn of phrase. Surely die. Better state it would really mean the surely part means you will be doomed to die or doomed to death or doomed unto death. See, that crafty snake, along with our own thoughts at times, he didn't even bring up that tree, did he? He didn't bring up that tree. He looks over there, looks at it and says, oh, that tree, well, you have no idea what you're missing. You have no idea what you're missing. I can see now. I can see why. I was just asking about the trees, but I can see now why, why God doesn't want you to have that tree. He doesn't want you to be empowered by it. He doesn't want you to have its wisdom. And Adam and Eve, they must have been contemplating, can, can, I, can I touch it? What did God say? And so she did. They did. But death didn't overtake them. They did not die right then because God didn't say that. He said, you'll be doomed unto death. And so then the serpent's reply says, hmm, see? His reply sounds more like this. I don't think of death as such an immediate threat. Don't think of death as such an immediate threat. The serpent then slithers. God only said it to discourage you from acquiring his wisdom. There's nothing to worry about. Go ahead, take of it and eat of it. There is no harm to you at the moment. Seize the moment. And their eyes were opened. Because they did. They seized the moment. The serpent didn't lie about that because something changed. Something happened. And now they were experiencing something that they had never experienced before, fear and nakedness 
and being afraid has now overshadowed them the the doom of their impending reality has set in the doom of decay and death was now going to be and forever be part of humanity's future that they did that was not part of their reality before this moment that the that the the curse of disobeying God comes rushing in. The sweat, you read it all, the the sweat and the blood and the toil and the thorns and the grave. I mean, just read the book of Genesis. It begins with, and God created and it was good. It ends with, in a coffin in Egypt. That which has begun well and good has ended in a grave and cursed. And the great fall of humanity ushers in what will now be a severe case of FOMO for everybody because FOMO corrupts what God creates. FOMO corrupts what God creates. The cosmic FOMO calls the fall of humankind. There was nothing that Adam and Eve needed than just a simple whisper of the enemy's lie birthed fear in Adam and Eve's heart. And that fear that they were missing something, they didn't even really know what they were missing. All they, all they had was just, a, was just a tree. All they saw was just some apples over there and some fruit of it. And that was all they needed to go, but we don't know what we're missing. We know what God said. And can it really be that bad? God created it. So we know we're missing out on something. And so they begin to distrust God. And as the juices from that fruit begin to run down their faces, their perfect world began to get washed away. And how often does that go down for us? Where we make decisions and bite into things in this life that we think, we think, we don't know, we just think if we bite into that thing, it will bring what it promises, but yet what it brings is just pain. You ever bit into an apple and hit the pit? You ever bit on a piece of fruit and hit that seed just right? I just made half of you cringe at the thought. Anybody ever had a crown put in? Mm-hmm. You slice your apples now, don't you? <laughs> we go for the seedless watermelons. 
did not give us what it promised. We know that FOMO twists what God makes straight. FOMO will twist what God makes straight. What God had originally created, the plan that he had for those two individuals got all twisted up. The ground was cursed. Life was going to be different for them now. The same is true for our decisions. When we let FOMO take the wheel, drive the bus, that fruit just seemed so full of promise, it ended in pain. And we see things that we want and we're willing, we're willing to disobey God to get it. We're, diso- we're willing to disobey God to get it. It always starts with the little thing. It just seems like such a small thing. Why? Why? Why tree and a little fruit and just a bite of it? Because that's just where it starts. All it takes is just a little, a little disobedience. A little disobedience unchecked, a little disobedience unchecked, a little disobedience unchecked, and it grows. Little disobedience unchecked, a little disobedience becomes not so little anymore. And it grows and it grows and it grows until you find yourself outside of the garden looking in. Outside looking in because we convince ourselves that the only way I'm going to be happy is if I act contrary to God's word God will understand I have to bite the apple God will understand I need this hit I've got to take this pill It's not like I'm, listen, it's not like he's going to come back right now or death is going to hit me right now. I've got time. I've got time. Did God, did God really say that all intimacy outside of marriage is wrong? God doesn't live inside of my marriage. He doesn't see what we go through in the pain. And, if I, and when I eat of that apple that I know I'm not supposed to eat, when I'm in that place and space of that relationship that I know I shouldn't be in. And besides, it's not like things are falling apart right now. Did God, did God really say, did God really make clear what gossip is? Did God really make clear what pride and ambition is? Did God really make clear what little lies are sinful and what little lies are not? Did, did, God, did God really make clear what will hurt me and what will not hurt me and what apples I can eat and what apples I cannot eat and 
What is it anyway? Does, does anybody really know what God really said? Because if I can fudge just a little bit on this form, I might get a little bit more money in my pocket. Because if I, listen, if I make the grade, I can get into that program and everybody cheats anyway. If I don't, it'll be unfair. Everybody cuts corners at work. I'll get labeled, I'll get sidelines if I'm the one that doesn't. I won't even, I won't get noticed. No one will care if I do cut corners. So things like dishonesty, being in, being unfaithful in relationship, things that cause you to grab instead of being generous. Those are just suggestions. Besides, if I choose that way, if I live that way, if I choose that as a path, as a path, I may miss out on something in this life. I may miss out. I may miss out on money. I may miss out on income. I may miss out on that promotion. I may miss out on that networking. I may miss out on that relationship. I may miss out on, on enjoying the pleasure. I mean, look how much fun everybody else is having. Look at their Instagram. It just looks so awesome all the time. When do I get to break off a little piece of happiness for me? I want to get mine. I got to do some things to get on the inside. Be somebody who I know, I know I'm not, but I need to eat of that apple. And so we bite the prohibited fruit because we believe the lie that God can't deliver on what we need. We consume it. And our FOMO leads us right out, marches us right out of the garden, right out of God's provision, right out into the wilderness. Oh, we may be sitting on a pew on Sunday, but we'll walk right out of God's lordship on Monday. And we'll trade away the one good thing that we could ever possess for some rotten, stinking apples because of what it might do for me right now. Just trying to fight our way back into that garden. God knew. God knew we could never get back into that garden. Placed an angel at his door with a flaming sword that rotated, signifying, listen, it doesn't matter what direction you come, north, south, east, or west, you'll never, you'll never be able to enter this place again. God knew, even there, if you keep reading chapter 3, from the, from the foundation of the world, he knew he was going to have to be the redemption of man. We had a special relationship, Adam and Eve and God, you, 
his creation. And God, you have a special relationship, one that is supposed to be built on total dependence and trust on him. That unless he makes a way, you don't go that way. But the garden, the sanctuary, and thus the sanctified things, places and people and even personhood, that is, that's what we were designed for. And, and no, matter, no matter what we did, it didn't matter how many sacrifices, it didn't matter how many priests we had, it didn't matter how many prophets we had, it didn't matter how many temples we built, it doesn't even matter how many preachers scream at you and how many churches we rise up, we can't get there on our, on our own. So God said himself in Jesus, Romans 8, 32, he, Jesus, who did not spare his, he, meaning the father, who did not spare his own son, gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? In Jesus, we have every good thing we would ever need. You've heard it said. That all it takes is, is one bad apple to spoil the bunch or the bushel, if you're from where I'm from. Jesus is the one good apple that washes away all the bad spots, washes away all the bruises, heals all the blemishes. Jesus is the one good apple that when he when you throw him in, that everything and every other apple he touches, he makes whole. That he makes right. He's that second Adam that undoes, undoes everything, that first one. That, and so, when, so, so here, here we have this opportunity that when Jesus comes up out of the grave, he turns our FOMO into JOMO. You like that? Because you want to know the truth. We are missing out. We are missing out. We don't have to kid ourselves. We are missing out on all that pain. We are missing out on, on all that struggle. We are missing out on all that anxiety. We are missing out on all that turmoil. We are missing out on all that confusion. We are missing out on all that fear. Yeah, we're missing out. Where other people fear missing out, we have joy of missing out. Yeah, to the world, it looks like we're missing out. But to those with Jesus, no, 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 no. We have joy we're missing out. It's joy of missing out. The lie is, it, listen, it's the oldest one. The lie that you're missing out is on something that the world has to offer you is the oldest scam in human history. It's, it's the fundamental scam since Genesis. Don't eat that fruit. Don't eat that. Don't believe the lies. 
Because the truth is, you are missing something, and you're missing it for a reason. So take joy, trust God, trust his instructions, trust his word, dig into it, know it, inside, forwards, and backwards. And if you're going to go quoting it to the enemy, at least get it right. Know it. Know what it says. Read what it says. Close your eyes and see it in your mind's eye. Envision its stories. See the Jesus that it portrays. Hear the whispers that it gives your spirits. The Bible says in Psalms 38 and Psalms 34, verse 8, taste and see that God is good. Taste and see the Lord is good. Let him turn your FOMO into JOMO. Because I'm not going to lie to you. See, it's a lie to tell you that you're not missing out on anything. You're not listening. Teenager, listen. You are missing out. And take joy in it. It may look like fun, sound like fun. It may, see, it may seem like everybody that's partaking all that stuff that your mom and daddy won't let you do, let you go to, let you watch, let you listen to. I know it just seems like it's making all your friends happy, but your mom and dad know better. So take joy in the fact that you're missing out. And some of your mom and daddies need to too. Be patient in the process. Because listen, now listen to me. God's prohibition of that tree didn't mean that there was something wrong with the tree. Hence the wordplay. Hence the, the, the scheming. Because for the two chapters before chapter 3, everything we just read talked about how everything God hath made, he made and called it good. And everything within was the sanctuary and therefore sanctified. Why is it called a sanctuary? Where do we get that word? It is set apart. It is sacred. It has a sacred purpose. It is free from impurities it is free from sin it is sanctified sanctified it is it is the action or the progress or the productiveness of holiness that's what we mean when we say to sanctify it or it could also mean to impart or impute holiness now listen what that means is We know through God's word, and we especially know through what Jesus, the Son of God, taught us that God longs for us to be more like him, that he longs for us to act like him, that he longs for us to to think like him, that he wants us to speak like him, that, that he wants us to live the kind of life as if he were here and living it. So he wants us to be like him. First Peter 1, 15 tells it like, says it like this. But just as he who called you is holy, 
So be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Isn't it nice that he calls you holy first, and then he says, now go and be holy. He says, now you're sanctified, but you need to go work on your sanctification. Now listen to me. That tree in the middle that God said, don't eat. Didn't say touch, because I think because he's supposed to take care of it. That's what their job was. But he said, don't eat of that one. Listen. Listen to me. You don't get anything else I said today. Get this. I think the temptation, the temptation wasn't the fruit. It wasn't the fruit. It was time. The temptation was time. The temptation was in bypassing the process and the timing of God to seize through disobedience that thing that they wanted. So the temptation wasn't necessarily the fruit. It was time. They Listen, listen to me. Young people, listen to me. Old people, listen to me. Everybody listen to me. If you don't hear anything else, listen. You can't seize in seconds what God sanctifies in seasons. What God makes holy in us in seasons. What God purifies in us in seasons. You can't snatch up in, in a moment in this life what God has designed to be stored up in you through maturity, through growth. Everybody wants to grab the bushel and just eat of it. And then you wonder why you, you get sick and you walk in pain and, and you're vomiting everywhere. Because you weren't ready for that. It didn't have anything to do with the fruit. It had everything to do with their disobedience. It was not time. Who knows if it had ever been time. But they took it upon themselves to say it was time. The second half of Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. But the second half says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who takes refuge in our God. That's where the blessing is. Can I tell you something? God isn't as concerned about you getting. He is more concerned about you growing. He's more concerned about you growing. And who you are becoming has a whole lot more to do with what you're eating than you realize. Than what we realize. What kind of fruit are you eating? Rotten, spoiled, infested, scarred. I mean, not on the outside. On the outside, it looks promising. I'm not picking on granny apples. They were green. Universal green. Sick. I love them. They're good with peanut butter. No, I steal these after church. These got to go on my kids' lunches. 
Listen, we, you feast on, on stuff that's, that may in the moment get you what, you're, what you think you want or need. And it may even be good things. You're just going about it the wrong way and in disobedience. And then you find that that spoils things on the inside. Don't eat that fruit. Fight the FOMO. Fight the FOMO. And that's how, I know that's easier said than done. Because a lot of times that stuff comes in, in whispers, you know? It comes and, and you, just, you just hear things. And it's hard to switch from the fear of missing out to the joy of missing out, you know? It's, it's hard sometimes to switch. Here, here, let me show you. Christy, come here a second. I'll let you be the, the whispers of the enemy. <laughs> that was just random. But listen, it's harder. I know it's harder, but listen, I need you. We need this. We, we, we need, especially young people, and we need to be teaching young people. Everybody needs this because I see my generations and, 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 then, and then the generation in front of me starting to doubt things that we never doubted before. Second-guessing truths that we never second-guessed before. And listen, we will pick up lies that the enemy is whispered. And so the enemy comes in. Starts whispering in your ear and telling you things like, you know, love. Love is love. All love is love. Love is love. God doesn't really define what love is. Love is love. Love is whatever you're feeling in the moment. Love is what you're attracted to. That's what love is. So we eat of it. And then we pick up another one. Because if we believe that one, it's like, well, if I believe that lie, what other lives have I been, have, what else have I been missing out on? I've been missing out on love. Apparently God has it wrong. Apparently the boundaries and the circumstances and the instructions that he's given, apparently he's got it wrong about what love really is. So here it was, I thought, I, you know, happiness was, oh God, Oh, what's, what is happiness then? And so I started eating that, and I started feeling the happiness. God wants me to be, that's his ultimate goal. He just wants me to be happy. God doesn't want me to be sad or, or miserable. And that, that the whole purpose in life is, to, is for me to be my true self, to find my, my happiness in me. We don't read that necessarily in here. What we find in here is that we find our true selves when we connect with our creator and we find what his purpose is for us, that our design was meant to glorify him. But if I believe that lie about he cares about, the only thing he cares about is just me being happy, then what else? And then we just keep going. Truth. What is truth? What is truth? 
Then we start preaching tolerance. Of course, tolerance is no virtue because eventually, eventually you won't tolerate what other people won't tolerate. Doesn't matter how much you preach tolerance. This is let me live my truth. And you eat of that. Well, which one? It's a moving goalpost. Your truth today could be a different truth tomorrow. How do we find stability? How do we, how do we find anchors in chaos? How do, you, how do you live? And how are we supposed to interact with you? If every other day you're changing your truth, my goodness, every other day you're changing your pronoun. We don't even know what to call you. So we eat of that apple. And we tell ourselves it's even okay to, to let people run off into delusion. But you know what? 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, it says, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient unto Christ. And so, you know, I don't know. I don't know where you are with this. No, hold on, I need you. I need you. Because see, this is where it gets fun. Because those whispers are gonna come and they, and they are coming, aren't they? And they're hitting you 24 seven about how much you're missing out. And listen, the older you get, the more it increases. Because now the weight of time is hitting you. And you're like, oh, I spent so much time missing out on stuff. What I missed out on because I was obedient to God. Listen, listen, take, demolish every argument. So what you got to do is you got to take every lie that tries to set itself up. And it might not be pretty, and it might take... Help me out here, mama. There we go. You can tell how much I use this. This disco here. And every time one of those lies creep in, you just kind of... Mm -mm, not today, Satan. No, 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 no. You make applesauce of that junk. You just got, it says demolish it. It doesn't say play around with it. It doesn't say juggle with it. It doesn't say, well, you know, take a class. It, it doesn't say you need to, you know, hear everybody. Do I, no, no, no. It says demolish. Cut that thing up. Cut that lie up. Just go ahead, put it in a blender. Dig in it. This is why you need to know God's word. This is why you need to learn for yourself. Throw that stuff in there. And then, and then just to watch them squirm. Where's the power button? Whoa, there we go. You tear it up. You tear it, cake cap. Okay, I don't know how to turn it off. So listen, 
how that looks like in, in practicality because this happens in real time, doesn't it? Thank you, Mama. All right. So the enemy comes in. Bills are due and you're working hard and you're playing by the rules and some people aren't and you're in and, and you're not seeming like you ain't moving up the ladder like you should, but you're doing and the enemy comes in and starts whispering things to you like, you know, if you would just cut corners like they do, if you would just play the game like they play, if you would just talk about people like they talk about people, if you would just do things like that and see every time the enemy sweeps, see every time he comes in, see you got to take that stuff in and then when he does, when he leans in like that see you take those lies and you just go what's that what's that I can't hear you okay and then, and then you're like what's that no no I'm sorry I can't were you saying something was there something contrary no I'm sorry uh, will you try again try again I can't really hear you no I I lost you again I don't know what you You know, you're tearing that stuff up faster than they can put it in your, than your own thoughts and the enemy can put in your head. You're not giving it any place. You're taking captive and you're making it obedient to Christ and say, listen, this is the only snack food I need. This is the only voice I need. This is the only instruction I need. This is, the, this is enough for me. This goes good with peanut butter too. And when you do, you crowd out all that other stuff. Make applesauce of it. Listen, some of you, some of you, you just, you need to turn the spigot off to wherever those lies are coming from. And I'll tell you this, because I see it in my thing, family. I see it in my, I see it creeping, trying to creep into my kid's life. I see it trying to creep these little lies, trying to plant seeds. Mm -mm. Every time they try to get loud. No, that's when we get real loud. That's when we lean into God's word stronger and louder. That's when we pray louder. That's when we worship louder. That's when we dig deeper, louder. When we dig in, louder. I don't know where you are with this. I don't know, I don't know where God might be asking you to take that next step. Maybe you're just battling loneliness. Maybe you're just battling purpose and design maybe you're just trying to to snatch those things in your life good things that God's never intended for you to 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 get by snatching he's intended for you to have those things through seasons that that maybe it's not the fruit it's the timing so don't, don't believe the lie. Don't fear missing out. Take joy that you don't have that thing right now. God knows better. 
your father gave you his son. He gave you his son, and he is a very good thing. And he has every good thing that you'll ever need. And that whatever he gives you, it will not leave you empty. Whatever he has for you will sustain you. Even if it looks little. For even with God, little is much. FOMO is a trust issue. Do you trust him? And while you trust him, can you take heart? Can you, do you have joy? Matter of fact, can you even have joy about what you're missing? I believe we call that contentment. Because you know what? How did David put it? I think he said, I think he said, hey, one day in his courts is better than a thousand days elsewhere. One day in his sanctuary is better than a thousand day elsewhere. One day working towards an end being his created, sanctified person with destiny is better than living any other kind of philosophy or worldly ideas out there. So what kind of fruit are you grabbing for today? Because I think there might be some here, some here who's, who'd be honest and say, you know what? I've been struggling and I, and I just got it. I just got it. I've been, I'm try, I've been trying to seize things that God's not destined for me to seize in a moment. The good things, but when the time is right, there'll be things that God will place in my life and I'll grow into in a season. But I'm not going to snatch it. God's not called us to be snatchers. No. No, he's called us to be living, breathing sanctuaries. You know, we used to sing an old song, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. You remember that old one? Four of you, great. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary of here and holy, tried and true. I know it's an old school kind of message, but I tell you what, if we could just get a hold of that, your life might just actually get better. So Lord, we pray now as we bow our heads and we ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us now. What thoughts have we let just run Rutshot all over our lives. What thoughts, whether initiated by our own intellect or been whispered into the inner chambers of our hearts by the enemy, no matter the source, those thoughts have prompted us towards disobedience. 
whether outright disobedience of your word or personal disobedience of things we know that we should be doing, stepping into, not be doing, should not be stepping into because you've prompted us. But we believe the lie that if we did those things, we'd be missing out. But Lord, today, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come now and to help us see where we need to take captive those thoughts. And because we don't have to do all of that on our own, we now have the helper, the Holy Spirit. We now have direct access. We've not been cast out of, the, of that sanctuary place, that intimate place with you, God. Now we can come in at any moment, at any time, we can come boldly before you, be with you. We come in now. Help us take captive those thoughts, not just on Sundays, but every day that tries to exalt itself against the Lordship of Jesus in my life. Help us become more aware of the fruit that we are eating. And help us grab that fruit in which will help us grow and stop snatching at the things that either are rotten and spoiled and help us stop snatching at those good things that is simply just not time or the season for yet because we trust you and we trust your timing. So however you are speaking now in the hearts of every listener, I pray God that you will speak in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For joining us again. We hope today's word was a blessing to you, maybe even challenged and inspired you. We'd love to connect with you, serve you in any way. Go to mynorthside.church, click the link for us to connect. We are praying for you. We believe that God has great things in store for you. We'll see you next time.